Agatha Christie is the world's best-selling author in English except for the Bible and Shakespeare. That is pretty impressive. Something like 79 novels, 19 plays, 22 short story collections, six romantic novels, and she left with her a lot of just travel mystique and intrigue. And when we think about traveling to England, and when we think about people's passions for Agatha Christie, there must be some great ways to tie that together. And that's what we're going to talk about now. We're joined by Matthew Pritchard. And Matthew is uh, Agatha Christie's only grandson. And now he's sort of in charge of making sure the whole Agatha Christie legacy lives on. And he joins us now to talk about Agatha Christie, his grandmother, and travels in England. Matthew, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. So what is your role now with the heritage of of Agatha Christie? It's pretty wide-ranging. I mean, I suppose what takes up most of my time is the sort of commercial managing of the property, the worldwide film and TV rights, publishing rights, and all the modern things that emanate from them. That is, so to speak, the business side. But um, in some ways, the most intriguing side is the sort of heritage and the legacy. At home, I have a coach house behind my house, which contains the Agatha Christie archive, which contains all her notebooks and Mm. all sorts of photographs all the way through her life, amongst other things, apart from being an author. She was a very accomplished photographer, so we have lots of photographs, many of them taken by herself. My life is spent dealing with a person who I think was almost unique in the 20th century, not only being, as you've said, a best-selling author, but having so many accomplishments as well, Uh, one of which, incidentally, was being a very charming, accommodating, and loving grandmother. What an exciting responsibility you have inherited, and it's just for me to be talking with you and having many people listening who are dreaming about going to England and who are Agatha Christie fans, this is a great opportunity for you to be our itinerary coach. If you had an American friend who just loved the writing of your grandmother and they're going to England and they want to lace it together, what are some itinerary tips that you would give us? What would we be sure to include in our tour? Well, I suppose, and this is uh, perhaps rather a boring answer, I suppose I'd start by going to The Mousetrap, which is the play that she wrote in the 1940s, opened in 1952, and is still running at the St. Martin's Theatre in Theatreland in London. Still going after 60-some years, and uh, it's a very, very good play. So you'll be able to find that for sure when you're in London. Just down the road from The Mousetrap, you must get some directions when you get there. Two years ago, we commissioned a um, a little sculpture, which is on the corner of a big street just sort of near the mousetrap, which has a little portrait of her head inside and a little summary of her personal life and her business life on either side. We felt that, you know, although at various stages in, in her life there have been plays of hers and films of hers that you could usually go and see in London, But there was nothing permanent that you could actually, although I suppose the mousetrap is permanent, but Mm. we didn't know about that, but something permanent that you could go and see and rejoice in her her life and achievements. So that's just round the corner in Covent Garden. And um, slightly more indirect, so to speak, um, there are many people who think Brown's Hotel, which is, I think, in Albemarle Street, is sort of very like uh, some of the hotels that Um, She wrote about, notably, a book called At Bertram's Hotel with Miss Marple in it. Hmm. So, you know, that's a very short account of what you might do. And that's in London. What about in the countryside, Matthew? Well, in the countryside, the sort of prime venue would be Torquay in South Devonshire, about a 
three-hour train journey from London. Takes a bit longer if you go by car. That was where she was born in 1890. And if you've read her autobiography, you will find long and fascinating accounts of her childhood and how she was brought up without going to school and simply learnt how to read and write. And that maybe is the basis of why she turned out to be a writer. So is there actually a site in Turkey uh, about Agatha Christie? There isn't one site because, unfortunately, the house she was born in got torn down about 40 or 50 years ago. Mm. But there is, if you go to a place called Tor Abbey, which is right in the middle of Torquay, you will be directed to um, the Agatha Christie Mile, which takes you to one or two beaches where she used to bathe in the water and one or two sites of books like Elbury Cove. And Tor Abbey is really the centre of where everything happens. And there is also a small museum called Torquay Museum, which you can visit which um, has actually some of Hercule Poirot's exhibits from the films that have okay. that are just being shown, I believe, in America now. Now, that's on the south coast of England, right? The, the English Riviera. Yeah, that, that's right. So there's a lot of interesting things to do there, whether or not you're interested yeah. in Agatha Christie. And, and perhaps most significantly, a short drive from Torquay, I mean, I should think half an hour in a car, is a big house called Greenway, which used to be owned by my grandmother and my family where we used to spend summers in my childhood, sort of in the 1940s, 50s and 60s, which is now a public property owned by the National Trust. Now, that's good because that'll save the heritage there and nobody's going to tear that down now. No, nobody will tear that down. Indeed, they've just spent some eye-watering numbers of millions to make sure that nobody does tear it down. My goodness, Greenway, that's good to know. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Matthew Pritchard. Matthew is the only grandson of Agatha Christie, and his responsibility is to take care of the heritage and make sure that uh, those who are fans of Agatha Christie know how to connect with physical places in her life that helped inspire her and and shape her writing. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and Becky's calling in from Camino in California. Becky, thanks for your call. Well, thank you. Uh, A week or so ago, I was uh, watching the wonderful PBS series, um, Poirot, an episode called Dead Man's Folly, and um, I thought I recognized some of the outdoor um, settings in that episode, and I wondered if that was filmed at Greenway. If you watched a, a film called Dead Man's Folly, the outside shots that you saw, or some of them at any rate, were indeed Greenway. I was present at a very emotional occasion, which was literally the last day shooting of the whole Poirot series, which has taken, what, 25 years to film. And David Suchet did his famous mincing walk up the steps towards Greenway House. And um, um, you are quite right, the outside shots, or most of them at any rate, of that film are indeed Greenway. And it was quite an emotional place to end the whole series. Oh, well, it it looks like a wonderful place to uh, tour, and I understand the National Trust is offering tours now. What would be a good time of year to visit Greenway and Torquay? I've been going to Greenway all my life, and I suppose my favorite time to go there is in March and April when the garden is at its peak with magnolias and camellias. And, of course, it's lovely all summer. But um, for a real special occasion, the the time to be in South Devon is September when the Agatha Christie Festival takes place in Torquay and there are various events and discussions and films and plays to do with Agatha Christie. That sounds so exciting. This is a week-long festival that's each uh, September every year in Torquay. 
And w- would yes. people have uh, discussion groups? Would there be plays? Would there be performances? What would you uh, experience if you were there for a few days? All the things you mentioned take place. Uh, there are some discussion groups. There are, you know, Agatha Christie specialists of one sort or another. I'm not sure that we've got a final list for next September yet, but as it's the 125th anniversary of my grandmother's birth in 2015, I'm sure we'll put on a magnificent show. That is a great idea to look forward to any year. If you like Agatha Christie, if you're intrigued by going to England, it's a beautiful part of England, the South Coast, and uh, make sure you coincide your visit with the um, International Agatha Christie Festival in September. Matthew, we're talking about Greenway. I understand it's sort of the intent is for the public to actually go into the um, into the home, and it's as if uh, in the 1950s, like the family just stepped out for a few minutes. Is it to your satisfaction uh, taking you into that world? Very much so. I mean, I think my family decided to uh, donate to the National Trust not only the house itself, but a goodly portion of its contents because that was exactly what we wanted. I think we felt that we wanted to create for visitors the most authentic possible visit that we could. So what's an example, Matthew, if I'm stepping into Greenway, just give me one room that you particularly think is fun for an Agatha Christie fan to, to step into. Well, I suppose the most evocative room is the library, which has obviously a lot of Agatha Christie books in. It has a couple of collections of China that she collected. And best of all, it has around the ceiling, it has a frieze which was painted by an American naval officer. The house was requisitioned by the American Navy in the Second World War. And one of their officers painted this um, frieze round the library wall, which shows the progress of his flotilla, various places in America, the Mediterranean, mm. ending up at Greenway in 1944. And my, I remember my grandmother asked, well, I don't remember personally, but I remember my mother telling me that my grandmother was asked whether she would like this frieze removed. And she said, under no circumstance, it was a brilliant historical record of of the Second World War. Sounds great. Hey, Becky, thanks for your call. Well, thank you very much. Okay, bye now. Dave's on the line in Lake Forest, Illinois. Dave, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. And hello, Matthew. I was fortunate enough to live in Sheltonham for a few years and uh, have been sailing down on the River Dart a couple times and have have come to know uh, Agus Christie a little bit that way. I'm preparing for a return visit here in March of 2015, and I was curious if there were any Agatha Christie uh, sites or things of that nature in the Copswold that I should check out, or anything else that might be nice to go and visit uh, in March. Well, um, I'm not sure there's anything specific, because she tended, with the possible exception of Greenway, not to, so to speak, tie the, the sort of sites of her books to any one particular property. But if you if you live in the Cotswolds, you will know, I'm sure, of many, many villages, little villages with, with old stone houses and all that kind of thing, uh, which I'm sure are what inspired her to base Miss Marple in St. Mary Mead. You said you lived near Cheltenham, but I'm sure within 10 miles of where you lived, there were three or four St. Mary Meads. And um, if not perhaps you, um, I'm sure many of your fellow Americans would like to drive around the Cotswolds, which is a very beautiful part of England, and spot a few St. Mary Meads. Hmm. Yeah, it is a very beautiful part of the country, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to my return trip. Have a good time there, Dave, and uh, I hope you find uh, some of that Agatha Christie inspiration there. 
I will. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for your call. Bye now. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Matthew Pritchard. And Matthew is the only grandson of Agatha Christie, and his responsibility is to take care of the heritage of the, the world's best-selling author in English, except for the Bible and Shakespeare. What an amazing woman. What a prolific writer. And what fun to be able to go to England and follow the Agatha Christie trail. Matthew, I was reading about you discovering these tapes that your grandmother dictated for her last memoirs, apparently in the attic of the Greenway House. Can you tell us about that and how that helped you with your work? My mother was very good at keeping things, but not so good at finding them. I'm sure maybe many of us have mothers and grandmothers like that. That's a beautiful way to uh, put that. (laughs) But anyway, after my mother sadly died about 10 years ago, it was one of my first duties to go over all the cardboard boxes that were in Greenway, which some of them, you know, held a good deal of rubbish. But sometimes one came across a tremendous historical nugget. And one of them was these uh, tapes, which were tapes of the last third, roughly, of the autobiography that she published, was published just after she died, and of the last portion of her life. That was, I think, particularly poignant because, as most of her fans know, she wasn't very good at giving interviews, so there isn't much available of her actual voice. And to have this sort of, I should think, you know, 16 or 17 hours of her voice, what 30 years as it then was after her death, was a great find. And we use excerpts of it now for various reasons. There's a lovely little piece concerning the her invention of Miss Marple mm. and and all those kinds of things. But it was uh, it was a great find. Now, Matthew, you remember your grandmother from when you were a small boy and she was still alive. And then you listened to these tapes uh, much later. Did you learn anything about your grandmother or, or her personality that you had romanticized maybe as a child and, and then you learned more about her personality? Or, or how did that impact your understanding of Agatha Christie? Well, I suppose as I got older, the one thing that became very clear to me was that uh, inventing the plots of detective stories was one thing, but having the determination and energy actually to commit them to paper, whether it was by means of a dictaphone or a typewriter or whatever, uh, was quite another. And I think what I admired so much, after all, I only really knew my grandmother in middle age and, and afterwards, Uh, was the absolute determination that she had to go on writing until a very late stage of her life, a thing that she did really so as not to disappoint her fans and to make sure that every year there was what was then known as a Christie for Christmas so that she didn't disappoint the fans by not writing one. Hmm. And, okay, if you're a real Christie fan, maybe the last couple of books are maybe a little disappointing, but really it is astonishing that she wrote so many excellent books Um, in her 60s and 70s. A Christie for Christmas. Isn't that a loving thing for a person to do who's got a lot of fans and just knows they want some more of her beautiful writing? This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been speaking with Matthew Pritchard, the grandson of Agatha Christie. Matthew, your grandmother was so prolific, and now you're left with a, a massive heritage to take care of. It's a lot of work, and you've got countless fans, you know, rumbling around England and enjoying The Mousetrap and a theater in London and and reading all these novels before their trips. When you think of your work, taking care of the heritage of Agatha Christie, what about that gives you the most energy? Why do you even bother? Well, uh, her heritage not only includes physical objects like tapes and notebooks and all that kind of thing. I think perhaps the most enjoyable thing that I do is to 
meet her fans all over the world, and they are a part of the heritage too. Quite a lot of them are sort of in the 50s, or, or th- and they've mostly been reading Agatha Christie all their lives. And one of the most astonishing things um, that I have learnt is that Agatha Christie books, plays, and films are eminently transferable, either by country or by language or by medium, I mean to television or plays or whatever. And I think that to meet the people who uh, actually enjoy whatever it is that I produce in the commercial side of the business is immensely instructive and immensely inspiring. It makes all the difficult negotiations with, uh, I hope there aren't too many lawyers listening, but with lawyers and accountants and all that kind of thing worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Because my grandmother reckoned herself not only to be an author, but an entertainer. And I think the fact that she is such a consummate entertainer is one of the reasons why her heritage has lasted so long. She really is an entertainer with uh, with legs. I mean, this heritage will live on and on, and, and best wishes with your work to uh, organize and, and keep that heritage vivid and accessible to all of us travelers. Matthew Pritchard, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks for London, England, Great Britain, Scotland, and Ireland. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for this region and beyond, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.